everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to another episode of the uh, Industrial Real Estate Podcast by Comreal. I'm Edison Vasquez. Um, thanks for joining us. This is episode 19 and uh, today we'll be discussing five common terms of uh, purchase contract. And uh, this is a very uh, common term that we see uh, in today's day uh, when uh, buyers are looking to buy industrial space. Uh, again, my name is Edison Vasquez. I'm part of the industrial team here at Comreal. We help clients in the leasing and sales of uh, industrial space here in South Florida, but all throughout the country uh, through our networks of CCIM and SIOR. Uh, we have many customers that uh, require space throughout the country, so we, we are able to help them uh, accordingly. Uh, you can check out our website at warehousesmarket.com. You can find all of our listings and latest information. Also, you can follow me on uh, social media, on Instagram at Edison Industrial, on Twitter at, uh, at Edison CRE, and on LinkedIn at Edison Vasquez uh, PA. So thanks for joining us. Uh, leave us your questions or comments. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks for all of you who have leave, left us your, your comments and your feedback. And we keep improving as, as we move along. Um, and uh, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever you get your, your podcast on Google Play or Spotify. Uh, we're available on all the platforms. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for subscribing and thanks for leaving us your feedback. Additionally, uh, you can also watch us on the YouTube channel. Uh, we're available on youtube.com slash Edison. You can see all of our episodes. Additionally, all the videos that we put out every week with different tips, tips and terms uh, used on the industrial real estate uh, sector. So thanks for joining us um, and I appreciate your time. So today we are uh, putting together these five common terms on purchase contracts and we see these um, very often from, from buyers. And uh, there are many terms involved in a purchase contract, but these are the five common terms that a lot of buyers have questions on and that we see very often when we are uh, negotiating a purchase or a sale of our, of our industrial building. And uh, for many businesses, uh, buying a building uh, can be a great strategy and depending on the market, a great winning long-term investment for the business and for the owner as a creation of wealth of uh, and establishing a good successful business and during the process there are many terms that um, sometimes buyers are not or sellers are not familiar with and uh, we can help in some of that and additionally uh, we recommend that all buyers and sellers have uh, an attorney to represent them during the purchase and sale of, a, of an industrial building uh, so here are five common terms that we see on purchase contracts again there are many more than the purchase contract but we picked the top five that, that we see um, buyers um, and sellers at the same time have more questions or that can have more um, appeal for buyers and sellers number one is uh, effective date so you see on the purchase contract what an effective date basically uh, the it, it speaks for itself effective date is the date the contract is executed the day the contract becomes valid and the day the deposits are to be made uh, an escrow deposit and uh, more importantly is when the clock starts for all the periods of the diligence financing and closing so if uh, the effective date is january 1st then that's the first day of the diligence the first day of um, for financing contingency and the first day to closing so that's the 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 basic definition of the effective date um, and a lot of times different depending on the template it will show the effective date on the contract and other times it will just say effective day whenever um, the deposits and at least the contract is executed. 
number two, the due diligence. Uh, due diligence is very important. Uh, due diligence is basically the right for uh, for the uh, buyer to inspect the property, um, do anything they need to do with uh, general structural, roofing, systems, uh, flooring, parking, zoning, anything that needs to do related to the building. Additionally, ensure that the uh, building fits their uh, business. So if they need to manufacture, if there's some heavy equipment or heavy use, uh, confirm that the zoning allows for that and buyers can do that during the due diligence period. Additionally, they can get cost estimates for improvements that they plan to do, whether it's build machinery, build more office, change the electrical, uh, add more parking, add more to the building. And so all those things can be done during the diligence and to make sure that the uh, buyer is, is comfortable and confident in buying the building. And uh, if during those, those, those due diligence, the buyer uh, is not satisfied or find something that is, is not acceptable, they have the right to come back to the seller and either negotiate, renegotiate, or can um, basically cancel the contract and and get a refund on their deposit. Um, and, and what we always uh, tell uh, buyers, especially on market like ours where it's very competitive and not much inventory, is we suggest that they use the due diligence period to um, do all their analysis or their investigation and during that time they can confirm that the building works for the business because what we see a lot of times is buyers tend to uh, overanalyze and overthink the purchase of the building before uh, putting an offer and by the time they, they investigate everything the building is gone or is under contract or something happened or the building changed its mind so we see that very very often uh, especially in competitor markets so uh, during due diligence um, it's uh, it's important for for buyers to control the building from the beginning, make the offer and commit to the building and get get an executed contract and then ask for the due diligence period enough for you to investigate all the things that you need to investigate. And if for whatever reason uh, you change your mind and the building doesn't fit your requirement, uh, you can cancel the contract, but at least you had an opportunity to look at it. Whereas in, um, in other cases, buyers tend to overanalyze and, and not um, make the right move from the beginning and the building is lost or gone. So that's something that, that we can, uh, that we recommend a lot of buyers uh, doing during the, during uh, the negotiation process. Uh, number two uh, term, uh, financing contingency, uh, very similar to due diligence, except it applies for financing. And a lot of owner users that we work with, they require financing. Although we do have a lot of customers uh, and mostly on the investment side that there's no financing contingency. They buy all cash uh, for, um, for the property and that helps sellers uh, be more in incentivized to sell the property to that buyer and under certain terms and uh, eliminate the financing contingency from the equation which provides um, a seller uh, a, better, a better deal overall. So financing contingency basically is the right for the buyer of the property to obtain financing. And it can be specified in the contract what type of financing or it can, it can be just plain financing, conventional financing with uh, 20, 25, 30% down, or it can be a small business administration loan or SBA loon which is 90% uh, financing. It's a great tool for business owners to take advantage of those loans where they can get uh, building with 10% um, down payment and there's there's many in and out of that building we can discuss that in another podcast but that's basically the two more common a conventional and an SBA loan that uh, buyers can um, 
can work with and can obtain for the uh, for the building and, and nowadays with uh, bottom rate interest rates uh, it's very attractive for buyers to uh, buy a building even if it costs a little more the uh, amortization over 10 15 20 even 25 years can present a great advantage over leasing um, uh, a building and uh, uh, the finance contingency uh, as well as the due diligence uh, can be can vary from contract to contract it all depends on the negotiation there's no uh, two similar contracts so due diligence can be 30 45 60 90 days depending on the size of the deal the the complications what needs to be done if it's a larger property with uh, more equipment with more land they might need longer due diligence to do their their investigations uh, same thing on the financing if it's a large transaction the bank might need longer time and nowadays even more with after COVID-19 lenders are being more cautious and they need more time to do their their investigation so they might need uh, 45 at the least 60 90 days to complete their their the loan approval and in these two periods can run uh, concurrent at the same time whereas the diligence can be 30 days and financing can be 45 60 days at the same time so and, and or, or both can be 60 days or 90 days they're, they're all current they all uh, run concurrent um, um, and they can be separate what one thing to notice is that um, a lot of uh, buyers that don't require financing contingency can still get financing um, even through um, due diligence period so uh, a very well qualifier that has a good relationship through a bank and is very confident in obtaining financing can take out the financing contingency out of the out of the uh, negotiation and just ask for a longer due diligence and a longer closing so that way they can uh, take advantage of their interest rates and finance the property which for the seller uh, is an advantage because they there's no financing contingency so, so if the appraisal comes lower or if the bank rejects the um, the buyer is still very confident of buying the building because they have the financial ability to buy it um, without financing contingency so that's something that a lot of we have seen uh, well qualified buyers uh, or well strong financial buyers can do that and leverage that and try to get a lower price from the seller next term escrow deposit a self-explanatory is basically a good faith deposit from um, from the buyer and it's to deposit on the escrow agent and um, this is uh, as we mentioned on the first effective date the deposit is due once the purchase contract is executed um, and, it, and there's no standard again on the deposits well, we have seen many um, most of uh, deals around five to ten percent of the purchase price become an escrow deposit and and what we have seen many many times very often is the escrow deposit is divided in two and whereas let's say for example uh, it is a hundred thousand dollars of escrow deposit fifty thousand dollars due uh, upon uh, contract execution so first fifty thousand dollars when the uh, purchase contract executed second deposit of fifty thousand dollars after due diligence or after financing contingency so the seller will have a hundred thousand dollars in escrow by the time due diligence or financing is done and that money becomes non-refundable or hard once due diligence and financing periods expire and the buyer is committed to buy the building so those that escrow deposit becomes uh, non-refundable and is of course credited at closing um, once the property closes and buyer seller um, reach the closing table um, so escrow deposit is, is very important and one that we see uh, um, that we see buyers and sellers trying to negotiate 
Um, but it's, it's good for, for, for buyers to um, put a good faith deposit. What we <clears throat> same as in the leasing and, and this applies to sales, we recommend that uh, buyers uh, don't negotiate escrow deposit and try to be uh, at least put a minimum um, five ten percent is what we what we see of the purchase price <clears throat> because it shows good faith and it shows strength when you're buying the property and for example in the, term, in the terms of leasing if <clears throat> they see a, a, a lower if tenant starts negotiating security deposit it creates a red flag for landlords as to why are they negotiating a, a basic security deposit which is very standard two months or depending on the financial of the company and it creates red flags that uh, that um, the landlord might see as negative so in this case of escrow deposit <clears throat> just put a, a basic good faith and uh, show strength to the seller that you're capable and that you are willing and committed to the building um, Again, um, the escrow deposit most of the times uh, is deposited on the buyer's um, escrow agent or attorney most of the time as, 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 a, as a common practice. However, we have seen it many times where the escrow deposit is deposited in the seller's escrow um, agent. So <clears throat> it, again, it's all negotiable, but very standard practice is that the escrow deposit is done um, on the uh, buyer's escrow uh, agent or the attorney or uh, we have seen also where a, a neutral third-party title agency where they held the escrow deposit and they conduct the closing and um, that creates a, a third party that's not affiliated with the buyer or the seller uh, and last but not least uh, common term is the <coughs> an assignment and um, uh, in, the, in the case of commercial real estate and in, in our sector in industrial real estate uh, many businesses in, or investors uh, assign an entity for that specific property. So if somebody's buying a building, they um, they close on a different entity uh, and they separate that as a separate business. So if the business is running uh, manufacturing uh, glasses, then the see glasses LLC. Um, uh, it's not the same owner as the uh, one two three LLC. Um, where the property is owned as a different entity and the business is a different entity. And there's no right or, or, or wrong way. It's all, it's all a matter of, of uh, you as a buyer consulting with your attorney, your accountant, and what your objectives are. But we do see very often where the, they separate the property as one ownership and the business other owners as a different ownership. Um, and then the owners, of course, uh, the owner of the building or the entity holding and owning the 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 business creates a lease uh, from the entity owning the property and uh, again there's no right or, or wrong way it just depends on the objective of each company or each ownership uh, what we have seen in many cases is where the ownership uh, of the business separates the ownership of the real estate and as, as a, ex, a future exit strategy where the business is sold as a different company but the property is kept by the ownership so that that can be a future exit strategy but again, consult with your um, attorney and accountant as to what your objectives are and what the best way for um, to separate and to establish the, um, the entity. So that's a right that uh, buyers have in the contract as long as it's assigned to a related entity and is not assigned to a third party because um, what uh, sellers should not and will not may, should not agree to is to create an assignment to a third party. In this case, the buyer will be flipping the property to another um, buyer which uh, nobody sellers don't really like that 
So um, as long as it's as a related party assignments from one from one individual to an entity or to an entity to another related entity, that is totally standard. Um, and we have seen that many times, either right before closing, where they assign a different entity for that specific property, and that entity is only for that property. So very common on um, on the purchase contracts. So these are the five top com common terms on purchase contracts that buyers and sellers can get familiar and can see during the process. Of course, there are many, many other terms involved in a, in a contract and there are many, many standard contracts. There's no one in contract that are similar to each other. They all negotiate different terms and they all have different languages um, and, uh, and, can, and can be negotiated between buyer and seller. So, but these are the top five that we see more often when we're negotiating purchase contracts. Um, so, hope this helps. Um, so, this is the first portion of our podcast where we explain um, uh, the topic for for the podcast, and then we're gonna do our feature property. We always do uh, many properties in our in our listings, um, but we also represent uh, buyers and and tenants. So, we would like to uh, feature um, requirements that we have from buyers and, and tenants that we that uh, if you're watching you own a property and and you can you're considering selling will consider offers um, that's something that you can contact us and we'll discuss of course confidentially any opportunity to present a purchase or a lease offer for a space that you may have uh, um, right now and might not be in the market um, and if you go to our website warehousesmarket.com in, in under properties you will see property needs and you can see all the requirements that we have from buyers and tenants in this case what i want to feature is this specific um, requirement purchase requirement um, it's from a for an electronics company here in south florida they're looking to buy 60 to 90 thousand square feet of, of industrial space and they want to be located in the north miami south Broward area and it's, um, they require minimal office, 5,000 square feet or less, which is less than 10% of the space. Um, and, and there's no timing, they have a, a lease in place, but they would like to buy a building. So if, uh, if you are a business owner and uh, are occupying the building now, there's flexibility if you want to exit the business or want to uh, lease back for a year or two, that can be done and, and accomplished. And, and as long as we can try to come to uh, mutual terms. So again, we, we're looking for 60 to 90,000 square feet of industrial space to purchase. And this will be in the North Miami um, and South Broward area. And again, you can go to our website, warehousemarket.com. You can be, check out all the requirements that we have for lease or purchase. And if you have a property that matches that requirement or anything that's close, please contact us, leave us a message, and we can uh, confidentially discuss any opportunity for the, for the property. Um, so that's the uh, feature property. In this case, we feature a requirement that we are looking for in this area. And, um, and before we leave, I want to always uh, give uh, advice and we, and we try to help owners. So we'll do our industrial tip, what we call, and, and related to the topic of purchase contract. And this is a negotiating tip that we have done many times with many buyers and, and it helps um, gain the deal, especially in a very competitive market. Uh, and, um, and what we suggest um, if you're negotiating and all the terms are equal with another buyer, uh, offer to release the escrow deposit to the sellers 
whether it's the personal account or the personal entity uh, account, uh, release that deposit, um, uh, that escrow deposit um, to the seller directly. So, so money is in escrow or has been in escrow for the last 40, 60, 90 days, whatever the diligence financing is. Once that deposit is, is done and you are uh, committed to the building and have your financing approval if applicable, uh, release that escrow deposit to the seller um, and just wait until closing, whether it's two, three weeks, a month, whenever the closing comes in, that escrow deposit goes directly to the seller and of course is credited towards the um, purchase price at closing. So that creates an incentive for a lot of sellers who don't want to wait to get some cash at the, at the closing, they could get the cash, there's escrow deposit um, right away after the diligence or after finance. So that's something that um, buyers can offer to sellers to win the deal. So then we have done that in the past, so it's very, very common and it works um, to, to, to win the deal. So hope this helps. Again, um, these are uh, different, different tips that we, that we have done and we have seen in the market. Um, you can uh, go to our website, warehousemarket.com to find more information and to see our latest listings. We're always happy to help. If you have any specific question about purchase or, or leasing an industrial space, we'll be happy to assist. One of our team members will be happy to assist you and answer any questions. Um, you can uh, find, find me online and social media at, uh, on Instagram at Edison Industrial, on Twitter at Edison CRE, on LinkedIn, Edison Vasquez PA. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play or Spotify or other, pla other platforms that do podcasts. Additionally, you can find them or on our website if you, um, for easier access, we have it on our website under on their um, podcast you can see all of our episodes and lastly you can watch it if um, if you like to something visual first you can watch uh, the podcast on our youtube channel youtube.com uh, slash conreal edison and you'll see all of our videos uh, all of the podcasts that we have recorded and all the videos that we post during the week um, and with updates and tips for industrial owners and users um, again, my name is Edison Vasquez. I'm, I'm uh, happy to, to be part of the industrial team. We specialize in leasing and sales of industrial space here in South Florida, but we have clients uh, throughout the country through our networks of CCIM and SIOR, and we're very happy to assist many of those clients with requirements nationwide. Uh, thanks for watching us. Uh, I, I appreciate your time, your feedback. Please keep sending us your, your questions, your comments and feedback, and we'll keep improving as we uh, continue our, our episodes. Uh, have a great day. Make it profitable.